Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello, everybody. Um, I have a confession to make. I am on the road and was without my typical that thing I do podcast gear. So the recording, the audio quality of this particular episode might be a little dodgy. I also may be eating food because I'm on the road and this is my time to eat food. So if you hear nom noms happening, it's because they are. <laughs> but welcome. Lunchtime. It's lunchtime. It's lunchtime. It's well, at my, at my time, I just ate dinner in Los Angeles. It's lunchtime. Everyone needs a good relaxation, like day or two. And I'm so glad yeah. you're taking that for yourself, Darren. So that's what I'm doing away from the stresses of this yeah. incredibly grueling podcast. Eat to your heart's content, my friend. Welcome, everybody. This is episode three. Um, and on today's episode, we have me and Esty talking about Yet again, ourselves, our lives, the things we do, and trying to make up for the fact that we didn't have a guest this week. All right. It's okay. It's okay. Just so everyone knows, Darren Chris, I'm not good with taking compliments, but I love giving them. Darren Chris is wearing a really fancy hat today, and he looks quite dapper. I don't usually rock hats but i'm in the desert right now we haven't we we haven't been very location specific for our listeners because i don't want to blow people's shit up but you're not exactly in your domicile either no i'm an i'm a nomad you're a nomad can we say where you are i'm still in london but i'm not going to be here for much longer unfortunately i could honestly live here for the rest of my life. Not You've that been quarantining val- for a while, just in case anybody's uh, prickly about. Yeah, you know. I was quarantining, and then I was working, and then we did Glastonbury, and we won a Brit Award. A lot of fun things have happened for you in England. A lot yeah, of some- fun things have happened, and you know, I also we interviewed Maya Rudolph while I was here. That was fun. Jolly London town, and we launched the podcast. You've been in there this whole time. This place holds so many memories for me, honestly. I don't know how I'm going to feel once I leave. But if, when I, if and when I do leave, it means that there is the possibility that you and I could be in the same room doing this podcast. I know. What a fucking novel concept, right? Like, you, you haven't like done high-five. that yet. I know. We can, like, high-five each other when you or I makes a pretty pun-believable joke. Which you... If we're really going tit-for-tat here, I think... You have more, you've gotten more puns in our, like it within our friendship, like more pun points 
than I do, which is upsetting. That's, uh, you know what? I, I don't believe that's true. I appreciate that tally, but I think we're probably, I, I think game recognized game here. I think we're definitely toe to toe. I appreciate you saying that. I need, I need the reassurance that I'm not rusty on my pun game. Also, have you heard that like being good at, I guess good at puns or being pun believable, if you will, is the mark of being a millennial. Really? Allegedly. Allegedly, we love Says who? Says who? Who who made that? Who made that thing? Because puns aren't like generationally specific. In my mind, at least. Listen, I'm with you. I love, I love, I I would call it more word playing. Yeah. Being a wordsmith is just like a non, like everybody loves doing that. I agree. I think it's like a sign of intelligence personally. Yeah. You know, what annoys me is not annoys me, but it blows my mind when people are like, oh yeah, like dad jokes. Like those are, that's a dad joke. I'm like, listen, there are some funny dads, but like, let's not flatter all dads here. What if we just are really clever with puns? Dads don't have like a monopoly. They're so right on puns like what about the moms what about the moms who are good at puns i'm a future mom hopefully yeah you're a future mom like what are they gonna say oh that's such mom humor it's like no that's just dope humor and you just got to catch up to me bro i think you're right i th- well i think my mom humor I-, I mean mom humor for me is like my mom is like the most self-deprecating woman on planet earth she's an angel but she loves some self-deprecating humor and i've definitely uh by osmosis that's my brand of humor as well i think that's very i think that's also a mark of uh while we're talking about what the mark of things are if puns are allegedly a millennial thing i think self-deprecancy is a is a i think if used in a i'm being careful with this because i'm like does this actually is this true what i'm about to say i I find self-deprecancy disarming charming and uh and a, and a, a byproduct of uh, emotional intelligence. Yeah, I think so too. I, so bravo. I think, yeah, and I think we're both pretty self-aware. But yes, I, I guess whilst, you know, I have, there's, there's like, I have cousins that are younger than me and allegedly, allegedly, it is a quintessential millennial trait to love puns. Well, Fuck yeah. That's a, I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's fine. I'm, I'm all right with that. It's like when people make fun of, I was thinking of like stereotypes about certain people. You know, we were talking to Maya when she was in Ireland and I always think it's funny as, as having Irish blood myself, you know, when you think of stereotypes, national stereotypes, you know, for better, or for worse, you think of America, oh, volatile, young, progressive, idealistic, overconsumptive hamburgers and guns and the, oh. the, the American cowboy, all, all the bad stuff, you know, the, the, the negative stereotypes that we might have r- around the world. And then I go, oh, yes. And then, of course, the Irish who love to drink and sing and have a great time. And you're like, what a great stereotype. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Like, oh, wow. Oh, no, I have to spend my time with a bunch of people who are famous for having an incredible time with their friends and singing beautiful music that makes you cry over an incredible glass of beer. Fucking sign me up. That's the wonderful stereotype. (laughs) I think Ireland is like one of my favorite places ever, especially to play a show. hundred percent. It's in their blood in their veins. Music is so part of the thing. And I hate casting broad generalizations over peoples and cultures as indicated by my defense of the, uh, my, prosecution of dads having monopoly over puns it's like every <laughs> everybody has everything like there are assholes everywhere there are wonderful people everywhere there's like every, 
everything has a lot to offer all the time. But in particular, the Irish do have sort of an uncanny uh, home field advantage with the loving of music. And yeah, playing shows there is always just such a fucking joy, man. It really is. What do you think it is? I think they're just, I think maybe as a society, I think that they also don't, like they're not afraid to just like let loose. And I think yeah. for me, I mean, we played the Olympia, we did two nights at the Olympia Theater in Dublin and I've never heard such, it sounded like we had brought a choir with us. Like singing. Wow. Oh, singing along. Yeah. It was, it was wild. It was truly wild. And I, you know, I got a little teary when we were, oh, I think we were doing, um, oh, we were singing Want You Back. Oh, and, man. Do you have like a sing-along? Yes. Wow. Yes. And they, I mean, listen, the Hyam sisters have never shied away from, you know, having percussive, really intense, you know, uh, syllables. There's a lot of syllables in our music. A lot of... Yes. I definitely relate to that. Yeah. You have the the alliteration and the assonance and the consonants of your words playing part of the groove. Exactly. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. You're hitting, I, hitting the ones and twos with the A, Bs and Cs. I get it. Yeah. So, and even with that and how complicated our lyrics can be sometimes, they really nailed it. Really? So kudos to the Dublin audiences. I really, I wasn't kidding when, when I said to Maya, like, I wish that we could be there with her. Oh man, me too. I was so jealous. It's fucked up. I feel like, you know, I, I wish that we, I don't know. I just wish that I had more of an opportunity or, or at least like the, the go ahead to just hop on a plane and go visit friends. But c'est la vie. Well, you've also been doing work. Uh, you know, we won't mention what you're doing, but you're doing stuff and, in London town and in the UK. Yeah. I guess I, I wish that one day, Darren, can you just promise we will take this on the road? I think we're going to have to, I would love that. That'd be great. If not just to make up for all this lost time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Are you in California? Um, yes, I'm in California. It's all good. I can tell you why I'm wearing this hat. It's currently probably, I don't know, like 92 degrees outside. Uh, we had a little desert weekend with some friends that we had in the calendar for a long time that we postponed until everybody was vaccinated, which everybody is now. So me and like the kind of close-knit group of uh, pals from college had a nice little uh, weekend, desert weekend getaway. And on the way back, we're like, let's just like stop and get ourselves a, you know, a nice little relaxing spa day. So we stopped in this place. And so I'm um, setting up in like their little restaurant somewhere in the Palm Desert area outside of Los oh Angeles. Oh my God, you're in Palm Desert? Oh yeah, it's, 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 it's hot. This is out yeah. of necessity as well, so I don't burn the top of my skull. My, so my pop-up, my pop-up Joe retired in Palm Desert. So I used that's what to- what you do. That's what you do. That's what pop-ups it's do. It's the Florida of California. It truly is. And I, so I have a lot of memories. I have a lot of memories from Palm Desert. 
be as to like where I learned how to swim. Really? That's nice. I mean, yeah. Palm Desert, I'm being broad because people that are listening that don't know the sort of geography, I'm saying Palm Desert, but that includes what you may have heard of, which is Palm Springs, which is a larger, I mean, there's so many parts, La Quinta, yes. Desert Hot Springs, Desert Hot Springs. I mean, um, I'm in, I'll just, I'll just let you know right now. I'm, I'm in Desert Hot Springs right now because that's where like, a lot of the spas are. But we were in Joshua Tree, mm. Pioneer Town, Yucca Valley. That whole ecosystem of um, desert life is something that I didn't kind of get into until later in life. I remember when Mia and I started dating and uh, her mom had a place out in the desert. We went to go see, went to go, you know, see your family. And I famously, and much to my, you know, embarrassment, because they won't ever let me, I don't even let me live this down. Is, okay. uh, you know, I come from Northern California. I like mountains. I like trees. I like, um, I don't know, beaches, like vibrancy, like life, you know? And so yeah. I'm sitting there and I really hung out in the desert. It was like 10 years ago. And she's like, Darren, what do you think of the desert? And I went, eh, I don't know. I just, I don't like to go where the earth goes to die. No, what the fuck does that mean? With like, like what an asshole thing to say. Um, but I think, parents? Well, I, I didn't mean it in like a shitty way. I just meant like, I, pref- I tend to err on the side of like, greenery and mountains and stuff it was an idiotic ignorant thing to say that i've since apologized for many times because uh i've really grown to love like the stillness and expanse of the desert there's sort of a calm and like the emptiness and the vastness that i didn't appreciate till um you know until the past few years but i love it out here so we had a nice little weekend and i'm talking to you in a random undisclosed location somewhere in desert hot springs with my goofy little hat on eating my little sandwich well you look great I don't want to. I don't want to take too much of our time because this is supposed to be like relaxation time. Well, the fact that we're pulling this off, people don't realize when you start a podcast, you got to like keep that shit up, like every week. Yep. So uh, here we are. You know, warts and all. Too excited. (laughs) I love it. I think it's cool. No, what I'm saying is, I'm in a a fucking spot in you know middle of the desert, and you're in London, and we're talking. Like, that's amazing. That's magic. This is crazy. I agree. Uh, this is the thing that I honestly that I look forward to every week is being able to sit down and talk to you for like an hour. Oh, likewise. You know, I was going to say back to the Irish thing and I want to pivot to playing shows. Something that I love. Another thing I love about the Irish, because we have a group of Irish friends in Los Angeles and mm-hmm. um, they, uh, I remember one of the, our famous like first hangs in LA because we'd always hang with them in, in London and then this kind of contingency like moved to LA. Yes. And uh, the first night at our house, I, I think I was talking to my my American friend, like, you know, what's great about the Irish is at some point it always the night always ends up in a sing along. Now, granted, it always ends up in a sing along with me and Mia anyway. Totally. And we kind of bring it back to our house and it just sort of happens naturally. But I remember walking into our house and they see the piano and the guitar, and the first thing they say, Let's have us a sing song. Like ah. they call it a sing song, which I find so adorable. It's not a sing along. We say sing along, they say, Let's have a sing song. Sing song. I mean So we had ourselves a sing song. So I love sing songs. Both make very make a lot of sense. Yeah. They both work. But your audience in Ireland had a sing song with you guys as you were playing. But you're gonna have a sing song soon, a really big sing song in Los Angeles, if I'm not mistaken. You're selling tickets for said sing song. Well, we're gonna have a sing song at the Santa Barbara Bowl. I think I think pre-sale goes on sale today. When is the show? So the show is September 17th at the Santa Barbara Bowl. So 
Angelinos can just drive up the hour and a half. Wait, the seventeenth? Aren't you guys playing Life Is Beautiful? That's literally the next day. <laughs> wow, what a what what a Heim Heim time packed weekend. Saturday Saturday in Santa Barbara and Sunday or Friday in Vegas, or is it Friday in Vegas and Saturday in Santa Barbara? I think it's Friday. Now I'm gonna, now I gotta look. Friday. I'm pretty sure our listeners have the power of the internet, so they can check out themselves. But dude, yeah, but talk, I, I mean, I want to get it right for us. Okay. I mean, I'm talking about spas being open here. I mean, it's amazing. You you have a you have a show booked. I mean, that's incredible. I know. Well, it's outdoors, which I think also helps. You know, right. helps cause indoor shows. I think. Well, and we're also playing an indoor show. We're playing the O2 Arena September 30th in London. Oh my God, I've played the O2. You can believe that shit. Wait, when did you play the O2 with with the Glee, the Glee days, cast? man? The Glee cast, yeah, it was crazy. I was like fake you. I was like, I don't want to say fake YouTube, but I felt like I was in YouTube for a summer. Actually, it would have been a year ago, ten years, ten. Oh my god, Esty, fucking! It would have been ten years ago, like right now. It would have been the no summer way. of two thousand eleven when I was on no. tour with the Glee Kids, and we sold out the O2. Like, I think for like four shows back to back, we set some record, which I'm sure what? now oh, by now has been broken. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You did Glee was a big deal, man. Sold out the O2, four shows in a row. I wish our audience could see my jaw because it is agape and on the floor. I mean, listen, it has nothing to do with me and more of the power of the branding of Glee. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yes, my name was on the marquee and they came to say, like, it's like Glee, it was a massive machine with like a huge cast and a big, you know, and a big draw. Like, but that was wild, man. Like, just God, traipsing around that fucking show. like catwalk. What's that? I said you guys put on an amazing show. That's amazing that you're putting... Yeah. yeah. So I'm assuming that you're going to come with me to Life is Beautiful and we're going to be front row for Green Day. Oh my God. I would, I would die. Hold on. I'm sitting across from my wife. Me, can I tell him the Green Day story? Hi, Mia. She says hi. So me did something real fucking cool and heroic. She loves Green Day, has seen Green Day many times. And at Lollapalooza, however many years ago this was, this may have been like, I don't know, what do you think, me? Like 10, maybe 10 plus years ago. Green Day was headlining and uh, Mia was, had waited, like, it wasn't the kind of band where you, 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 they start playing and then you show up. Like, she was there hours before at the expense oh, yeah. of, like, missing other bands because she was all in on yep. being up front for Green Day at Lala. Like, what a cool spectacle. And, uh, you know, drinking all day, you get to a point where you got to pee. You just got to pee, but you can't give up your spot. So here lies the conundrum of what to do Mia's like shaking her head because now i feel like all any fans are now going to make fun of her for this but those fans will be lame because they won't understand how actually cool this is so while the band's playing i don't know they're like an hour into their set and me makes the very adult conscious decision to just go me what did you do peed in her shoes just peed herself just did it she just peed she was in a crowd of people and you know what it wasn't like i peed my pants uncontrollably i couldn't help it I had heard a really funny it's joke worse. that I peed. <laughs> Mia says it's worse. I don't know. If I, think, I, think I don't think it's worse. worse. I think it's you being a doll. But anyway, I always thought that it was a cool, like, you know what? I'm a grown ass woman. I'm here for one thing. I'm going to let this go so I can enjoy myself and not worry about me shaking her head. This is terrible. Anyway, but yes, I will wait for you. And maybe I too will pee my pants and pee into my shoes. Because I well, don't want to leave. Do you know about this? There's so 
just on on the the peeing at a concert tip i was playing reading and leeds festival and i believe it this this show was in leeds so we're in leeds it's my first time playing reading and leeds this was back in 2013 and it was one of the first like bigger festivals that i had ever like played let alone been to i've been to like coachella and i think at that time we had played glastonbury but like this was like the next big festival and you know the thing with running in leeds is kind of essentially kids 16 year old kids do their like basically the sats of the uk and it indicates whether or not they're going to go to like what schools they're going to get into and blah 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 so that's to my understanding that's like that could i'm probably butchering it but my understanding is this is kind of like i'm out of school it's the summertime i just got my test results i'm getting plastered so cut to so that i knew all of that going in cut to us playing running in leads and playing like one of the most like one of the most fun shows i think we've ever played the kids were up for it having when was this what album was this this was on our first record this was 20 oh, wow so the rocket ship has taken off oh yeah we were you know we were and we were at the time we were covering this peter green song called oh well that is just the most face melting song to play it's it's really fast and it has this really sick guitar lick and you know the bass line is really fun to play and it's just the most fun song to play so we're playing this song and in the middle of the song i feel precipitation and i'm looking in the sky and there isn't a cloud in the sky and i'm like okay all right well you know what the uk is unpredictable when it comes to weather we know this <laughs> it's a single rain cloud over you right i was like i can't you know maybe i just can't see it but it's raining and this continues to happen sporadically throughout the show i'm feeling rain i'm feeling rain in my face on my on my body and i get off stage after we play you know we finish the set and i i go up to my our tour manager at the time who's from liverpool and scouse um, scousey guy chicken fried fucking chicken fucking chicken man i my my liverpool accent is so disgusting and awful it's, that's all you gotta say is checking yeah. <laughs> in yeah. so i get off stage and i'm like dan was it did it rain in the middle of our set like i'm wet and he goes oh no babe that's piss on you on me. Was pissing on you no so as to me as you know pertaining to me as story kids would line up to be at the very very front of the barrier because they want to see you know their band play and going to the bathroom, going to pee, you don't want to lose your spot. So you just pee in the fucking trough of the front. You base. pee in your in your cup that you just drank your beer from. Oh no. Because also in the UK, you can drink. Yeah, anywhere, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. yeah, you can't do that in the States. There's beer gardens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to there's there's uh That's Liability, yeah, designated areas legally that you can drink and not drink, or you know, I'm using quote fingers. Not everybody follows it, but yes, you're supposed to at least. Yeah, supposed, exactly. But in the UK, no rules. It doesn't fucking matter. It's amazing. So the kids that were at the barrier for our show were drinking, they were chugging their beers, 
pissing in the cups and then throwing the piss in the air. Wow. That's, um, but wait, hang on a second. If I'm doing the math here, the distance from, even if it was a smaller stage, the distance from being at the front of a gate to you, it's quite a throw. It's quite a toss. Oh yeah. And they that's throw- a, somebody really wanted to shower you in urine. Yes. Yes. They just throw it wow. in the air. It's not like it's like they're just tossing it. It's like they, they're propelling it into the air as I, as I, I think like a, almost like a celebratory thing. Like I'm having the best time. Everybody golden showers for everybody. Yes. Golden showers. Bring my flowers. Wow. Well, I, Uh, I appreciate the intent, but I don't know if I needed the, the uh, outcome. (laughs) I mean, it didn't deter me from playing writing and leads again. I didn't mind it. I definitely, I definitely got some in my mouth. 100%. 100%. Oh boy. That's uh that's awful. I got urine in my mouth. But you know what? You're a rock star, man. Like that happens. I would fucking do it again. Yeah, you're a goddamn rock star. That's some serious rock star shit. Thank you, Darren. Like, you can't if you can't handle the piss. No. Get out the stage. Get your head out the toilet. Get your head. <laughs> I don't know what the I don't know what the saying is from <laughs> that experience, but I I do think it's it, it's disgusting, but I think it's also kind of rock and roll and cool that you didn't give a fuck. I feel like I said this on the first episode, like touring and playing live is truly the only thing that brings me like pure joy, pure unfiltered. Other than doing this podcast. Other than this goddamn podcast and seeing your beautiful, shiny face and hearing you laugh. I wish I could Ah, make you have a great laugh, Darren. Thank you. I think we've got it. We've got, we've got some solid cackles. You and I are a cackle crew. I don't, I don't, I don't filter my, uh, my laughing either. I used to when I was younger because I was embarrassed by it, but now I just no, don't it. do that. Now it's uh, yeah, no, I, I would encourage you not to do that. Um, but no, so other I, news podcast playing live. Yes. Podcast. Yeah. I mean, when I came to you to do this podcast, it was more just because I thought it would be something fun that cause I had, because I had time because we weren't touring. I was like, I mean, I get to talk to my friend Darren about, and interview people and and make friends with people like that sounds like a great use of my time but to to, to when i think about not touring and not being able to play these songs that i've written with my sisters in front of people it's really sad i miss it a lot and when we played glastonbury you know i really relished every moment of it because i was like i don't know when i'm gonna you know we're playing shows in the future but like not for a while you know we're not playing shows until september and i'm not used to that at all that's like and that's also like yeah that's it's it's really the only thing that makes me happy and being able to you know and meet people on the road and you know it's like it's the little things that you don't even think about that are so much fun like going to a new city and trying you know trying their food and, and, you know, and meeting people and going to coffee shops and pawn shops and, you know, and, and going to thrift stores. And you're a people person. Touring is the ultimate for people. I mean, that's why I love touring. I love touring for that reason as well. I love meeting people. I love the, um, yeah, I just love the social aspect. I like to travel, you know, I really, I don't mind living out of a suitcase. It's not for everybody. I know a lot of people, I'm sure we have mutual colleagues who like can't fucking stand touring. They love living in the studio being an artist, songwriting, and then touring is just like this extra thing they have to do that is like a drag for them. And I, I feel bad for them because I'm like, man, <sighs> that's the funnest part. <laughs> it <laughs> really is. In, in person with people. Yeah. From all over it the world, really people you've is. never met. 
nah, and like, you know, it's an adrenaline rush for me too. You know, it's, it makes me happy hearing other people sing my lyrics back to me. Yeah, no, that's a nice feeling. And, and it's a mutual thing because it's not like, oh, like give me your love. Like you're giving them love. It is a totally mutual experience. Like you're, you're, you're there for them and, and vice versa, you know? Oh, it's totally dialectical. They're influencing yeah. me, I think, just as much as I'm, you know, not influencing, like influencing isn't the right word, but they're giving me energy just as much as I'm giving them. Right. Energy. And again, I was, I, I felt bad sort of adding the sort of financial element to it, but like, it is true. Like, I, it, we, I, again, I, I, bringing it up feels crass, but you know, like it is a big point of, income for bands and artists to go out in the road. It's not why we do it, but it is on the spectrum of where income can happen or revenue can be generated. When you put out music, people assume that it's from the records coming out. And for a lot of people, especially in a major label position, that isn't necessarily true. It's really when you're playing shows and people, I, I always tell fans that like, Oh, you know, I'm debating whether or not seeing this artist, like it's this amount. I'm like, well, think about it this way. Like, that's you're you're really supporting the artist with your yes. like by, by being there and also like never be discouraged about spending money on culture you know i always i always encourage people just to like that's you, you won't regret that you know because you're paying right. for an experience that is you know like anytime a, a a beloved artist passes on you're just like man what I wouldn't have given to seen, you know, I, I wish I could have seen David Bowie. I wish I could have seen, you know, there's a lot of people that I wish I had the opportunity to. So it's like, you know, you know, if there's people on this earth that have touched you in some way, like, and you have an opportunity to like have a cathartic experience with them in real time in the same room, like there's no price to that. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Oh, are you kidding? I had that moment with Tom Petty. Yeah. I saw Tom Petty right uh, probably within a couple months before he passed away. And I was so glad I saw him. Did at you go to the bowl? No, I, I, he played the bull shortly after. I saw him at um, in Napa, outside of where I grew up in San Francisco. Um, oh, great festival. Bottle um, Rocket. Uh, Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Fantastic yes. festival. I'm even uh, reluctant to say that because it was one of those festivals that you're like, all right, it's new, it's small, it's perfect. Before this shit blows up and gets out of hand, this is like the, the glory years. But yeah, he, he closed it out and it was, it was amazing. I heard about that. I heard that that festival was amazing. I've yeah, never been. Fantastic. I've never played it in... One day you'll play it. You'll play it pretty soon. I'm sure. You know what? I would honestly play. I play a parking lot at two in the afternoon in 117 degree heat at this point. Honestly, oh, I just want to play. I just, yeah, just want to play. I miss it so much. So yes, I'm looking forward to playing shows again and in a, in a safe way. And you know, I just, I, that's the other thing. It's like, as much as I wish that I could, you know, perform and tour what i really want is just for everyone to be safe more yeah, than yeah totally so i will be patient and i will wait my turn but yeah i i can't wait we'll get back in no time i mean there's a few things and we can use this as a transition to your breakfast epiphany um because our first episode i was trying to think of like a way to say obsessions that i have and then they may oh. just be breakfast epiphanies may just be you know thoughts of the week but i went on a nine minute instagram rant about why in the heights is so amazing and i even like forgot points that i wanted to make because i saw it a few maybe a couple months ago and um it's the kind of thing i've seen it already but i cannot wait to go and see it in a theater with human beings and have this like 
unbridled, unfettered, joyous, like celebration of dreams and coming together and culture, like at, you know, fucking everything's at 11. It's just a two and a half hours of, of smiles and goosebumps. And I can't wait to experience that in the theater. And John Shu, the, the director of the film, uh, they had like a screening in, in Harlem or I think in, in Washington Heights where the show, um, where the, the movie takes place. And I like cried just watching it because you had all these people hooting and hollering and just like that, that vibe that we all live for, man, whether you're in the audience or on stage, like being a part of that, like just again, unfettered human connection. That is like what drives most of the machines in my life, man, it was fun to see. So I feel that too, man. I can't wait to go to the theater of the venue. I don't fuck. I know. Well, our our theaters are because you know, movie I'm, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a movie buff because no, I don't think that that I don't think that describes me accurately. I'm I'm obsessed with movies though. Yeah, I, I think love, that, yeah. I love movies. I love going to the movies. I love going to the movies by myself. Yeah, me too. I do love going to a movie by myself. That's a fun experience. I remember when I first did that. I was doing a show in New York, and I, you know, it was like my my girlfriend at the time. You know, my now wife wasn't with me, and so I remember just going to the movies. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> this is right? awesome. Yeah, I go to the theater. I go to see plays in Broadway all the time by myself because I can always get tickets by like, there's always one ticket somewhere in the front that one person hasn't taken. So I always go by myself. I'll like just in and out easy. But um, yeah, Garrett, that feeling when is special. Everything opens up. Can we do this? Cause I don't want to take away this, this solo mission that you have of going to see by yourself. I don't want to take that away from you. But what I do want to do is go with you to a show where we both oh, attend. Oh, of course. So, wait, it's not like an exclusive thing. No, no, no. But you can sit by yourself. I'll sit far away <laughs> from <laughs> Just see how it is. Okay. Yes. I want to be at the same show as you, but we don't have to experience it side by side. All right. Because I don't want to take away that experience from you. And I know you don't want to take away that experience from me either. But I do... I haven't I haven't seen a Broadway show in so long, and I miss it. I'll take so you. Much. You know, maybe we'll do a little New York run because you know I'll be back in New York doing this play. When are you doing that? So we just stopped in Feb- March of 2020, and now we're just going to go back. We're literally opening within a day of when we were supposed to open in 2020, just two years later. So we're just going back to it in 2022. Yeah, as of now, like. I think everybody's still locked in. Anything can happen, but I fully intend on doing it. What's the play called? Oh, American Buffalo, dude. Fucking classic Dave Mamet. I'm sure you guys did see. It's such a boy play. Like, I'm sure every boy in theater school at some point has done a scene from American Buffalo. It's just one of these classic 70s dude plays. Just three dudes in a room just fucking being mad at each other. Oh, I know American Buffalo. Yeah, Yeah, so it's, you know, it's an American classic. So we'll with any luck. I mean, I'm planning on it. In my mind, like I'm careful what I'm saying. Cause I don't know if anything has been announced or not, but like in my mind, it's, it's full steam ahead, but I'll be back in New York anyway, doing rehearsal and stuff. So, you know, come beginning of next year, if not sooner, depending on when Broadway opens, which is supposed to open in September. Yeah. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll have ourselves a little, uh, a theater jaunt. I would love that. Honestly, I yeah, miss good. going to see live theater so bad it'll be waiting it's gonna be a boom man everyone's gonna want to go see shit and it's it's gonna be a great thing for 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 the broadway industry for audience every it's it's gonna like i said soaring 20 the soaring 20s are upon us i know know, just take off i cannot wait i cannot wait 
we're speaking of taking off, what was your breakfast epiphany? So, okay, I have, I think sometimes my phone is purposely trying Antagonism. to me. Right. Because I'll get notifications like from my photo album. Here, I have, we have a memory for you. And it's a photo from like 2014 or a photo from 20, like 2010. And it's always photos of me and my ex. Always. Wow. Every time it's like me and an ex-boyfriend of mine. It's never me and my sisters. It's never like a photo of like a crepe that I took when I was, you know, with my friends in, you know, at, at like Coney Island. It's never that. It's always me and a boyfriend. Yikes. And I would be lying if I said that after I see this photo, I don't go on a deep stalking mission. So I came at my breakfast epiphany after seeing one of these photos was I have a really difficult time with letting go of exes. Why do I keep their photos in my photo album still? Why haven't I deleted all those photos? I will see your thought about you thinking you can't give up exes and raise you the fact that I think your phone can't give up exes. I think your phone is, is holding on to something. And as a result, trying to bait you into having more experiences with that ex than you are. Because it sounds like the phone is the one who's like, hey, look at this thing. I mean, literally when you were about to tell me this, your phone rang with your current boyfriend. I, I think your phone is in on some shit. Your phone is like, has some kind of emotional fuckery going on. Your phone's just probably possessed. That's the most sensible. That's, so the answer yeah. to my breakfast epiphany, thank you, Darren, is that my phone is possessed and I should probably get it exercised because there's a demon living in my phone. Yeah, your phone needs to start doing some cardio. It needs to exercise itself. To get exercise. Thank you for the dad joke. You know, <laughs> no, to really bring oh, it full circle. Um, so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, if people are wondering why we don't have a guest, it's because, well, you know, we're moving around, moving and shaking, and as things go back to work, uh, it was tough to get people on the horn, but I'm sure next week we'll return with some guests. So we just made the guests ourselves this time. Um, I think just sort of as an exit interview with the Maya stuff, we, we ended up cutting out a few things just because we went off on a lot of sort of personal tangents. But um, one thing that I didn't get to talk to her about was, and I, and I posted this when we posted the episode, was she's, so the movie Gattaca, which I mentioned, she has a very small bit part in. And uh, a lot of my friends are like, what? Because we love that movie. And she just plays like, you know, she's just a day player. She doesn't have any lines. But beyond Gattaca, a movie that was very talked about in the sort of Twilight Zone uh, Trump presidency years was Idiocracy. And this is a movie that has kind of a cult following. If you haven't seen it, I highly yeah. recommend to see it. Some things haven't aged very well, but at the same time, there are some things in it that are eerily... Uh, what's the word I'm, uh, uh, they sort of eerily predict yes. the slight odd future that the world would have. And Maya Rudolph stars in that as the romantic uh, lead with Luke Wilson. It's a, it's a funny little weird movie. And I was curious to know if people like stopped her about it because of the way that it kind of reemerged in the past several years. Do you know that movie? Yes. Do you know Idiocracy? I do. And you know, and you know, I think Maya gets stopped 
at almost any time she's out because she's just so loved by so many people. Yeah, she really is. She really is. And I and yes, I do think that there was kind of this resurrection of that movie over the last couple years. It's just how dumb America became. <laughs> I wish we would have asked her. You know what? Maybe we need to have a part two where we, we get her on the horn if she'll if she has time. Maybe she's just the only maybe the thing we do is just interview Maya Rudolph. That's just the entire <laughs> podcast. We're, if we're if we really truly get to figure this out as we go along, that may just be the name of the game. May I mean she is she is a a wealth of knowledge and also such a deep well of experience. I mean, I have no pro- I like again. I could have talked to her forever. Her whole family. I know, and she was so sweet. She loved you too. That and that's a huge compliment. I honestly, there's a, it's hard for me with people like her because I want to get into so much, and you know we have to make sure that it's cohesive for our listeners listening in. Um, you know, there are a lot of people like Maya. Uh, well, I want to say there's nobody like Maya, but there are um, people that remind us of Maya in the sense that they do, you know, uh, a lot of things within the performing arts, the music thing, the performing thing, the comedy thing. And um, there's a lot of people that kind of fit the, a similar pedigree that uh, we've thought about them. We've reached out to them. People are busy. But if you can think of anybody and you want to bug us about it, or bug them on social media, please feel free to do so. I think it's, what are we at? That thing I do pod? Is that what at, it is? At that thing I do pod. Let us know who yeah. you want to interview, who you think would be really interesting. and or, or let us know any questions or fun things you want us to do in the show, because clearly this is uh, just us figuring shit out as we go along. So I have uh, a great time doing it. Yeah, we want to hear, hear what you guys are thinking. Any stories or anything that you want to know about? I, the problem with social media for me is um, I'm clearly very long-winded. I like to, I, it's not that I like to hear the sound of my voice so much as that I, I just, I guess I like being as articulate and leaving no detail out as, as much as possible. So when you, I'm confined to a certain amount of characters or a certain amount of time for people's attention span, it does not, I was not built for the social media age. I'm like terrible at it. So what's great about this podcast is if you have any questions, I'll like get into it on this fucking podcast. Um, I was going to say, when is Tramp Stamp Granny's open? Darren has a relationship in Hollywood that I still have not been to yet, but I am planning really? on You've been on the road. It's all good. Um, hopefully, uh, with any luck, I think the date is June 14th, June 15th for, for bars and restaurants in uh, California, but um, we're, we still got a ways to go because it's like reopening all over again with staffing and um, it's a lot of work. So hopefully July, but, but I, I'm not the person to give this information because you know mia is kind of the the boss lady she does all the work i literally do nothing for that bar i just like people like oh i love your bar i'm like i don't do fuck all like i literally show up get drunk and play the piano sometimes but other than that it is 100 mia's bar like she does she she built it's it's everything everything is her you know what i thank god for that because i'm (sighs) i'm gonna need to go to a bar and sing some fucking songs have a sing song i'm gonna have a sing song oh i can't wait well, Darren, I love you. I miss you. Love you. I miss you. Safe travels back whenever you return to us in, in Southern California. I'm going to go sit in the sun and be a lizard. I love it. And can you just, just write in your diary everything that happens because I want to be able to read it later. <laughs> okay, this is it. This all is what I'm going to do. Alright, love that's you. My, that's my day. Love all the listeners. Bye guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Bye guys. That Thing I Do is a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. If you like the show, which I know you do, please be sure to like us, follow us, and leave a glowing review. Thank you for listening to our show. We'll see you next time.